All right, we turn the mics on. Here we are. Uh, I think we've so Bo Rudin's here. We've set a lot of records on this podcast, whether it be phone sex references, various you know calendar references of nonsense or whatever. Today might have been a record for the longest time spent talking and hanging out before we turn on the mics. You got here at one thirty. It is four thirty. We have talked for three hours before we turned on the pod here. Did we use up all the best stuff? Probably like always. Yes. Hopefully we got a little bit left in the tank. I have not talked to you, good sir, in quite some time. We both have had some crazy things going on in our individual lives. But, I mean, people have been, where's Bo? I, I, it gets bad when I, I drop a pod and, like, the first response is, we want Bo. And I'm like, all righty. <laughs> well, I love you, too. I love you, too. I love you, too. All right, today is a pretty simple. I just, anymore, I just, like, I write down a bunch of topics and I just, like, it's just batting practice for you. I'm giving you freaking just. I'm hanging one out and the. But see, that's kind of the. the that's a great way to do it sometimes because we know that no matter what the question is, we're going somewhere. We're else. We're gonna go somewhere with it. Are you ready? Are you locked in, ready to go? We got I'm about. In. We've wasted so much time. We only got about thirty minutes. I here know. We do this Gosh, for ourselves. Dang it. Um, first thing I thought about. It's been a. Time goes fast, dude. So you don't think about it, but like the spring game was three months ago. And that's pretty much seemingly the last time we've heard from Scott Frost. That's very true. Like he, they haven't like even done like a no, weekly they didn't do the big press. Red, yeah. They didn't do the big, you know, last year they did that big red bus tour or whatever, where they went to different, you know, like we're in Kearney and we're now in Grand yeah. Island. We're in Lexington and we're, you know, like we, we have not heard from Scott Frost other than, I feel like other than when, the spring game during spring football and after the spring game, just talking about how yeah. spring went, he has gone quiet. And I think that's probably smart on his part because it has to be intentional on his part. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because you know, Sip and Chattel and Dirk and Sam and everybody's requesting him and he's just not. He's not taking these interviews. Yeah. Now, in uh, about 10 days or so, he's going to be at Big Ten Media Days and we'll hear from him there. But I think. Frost understands that in an unfair way, he's hit this point, fair or unfair, where if he talks to the media and he's positive, it's met with skepticism and cynicism. And if he talks to the media and like, there's nothing, what is he supposed to say that's going to get the fans are going to be like, all right. So that's a great point. So, so I think what you, what you're trying to say is there's no more room to talk it's basically down to and i think he knows this you have to win yes and this is the season like everybody knows it like it's basically written into his contract like this is the year we got to win right yes. and so i think maybe for him it's like what's there left to say like i gotta win right like there's, he knows that there's nothing left to say about that and i think that's probably a part of the of the silence i think and i think it's smart i just thought that was yeah. interesting when you kind of think about like you know what? i there's not been anything from scott frost in months uh, it's it's is that like i'm just thinking back historically like let's go back to 1995 like would that ever have happened? I mean, could you have gone three weeks and Osborne not said like? Well, I just it's hard, don't it's hard because in 1995 there wasn't the daily cycle of of news to the yeah. degree that there is today. The newspapers but, would probably get you once a week, but though, it does. Right? It just does seem interesting that you just. I feel like we've not heard anything from him. Yeah. But like you said, I think it's a real. It's a reality of like I. 
this this situation is what it is. I have to win or I'm gone. So what difference does it make what I say now? We're either going to yeah. win in the fall and I'm going to continue to be the coach or I'm not and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think each year there was a little bit of like a new a new story, a new like or you know, ex- explaining the like oh, man, we were so close. We're right. almost there. Uh man, we were unlucky this year, but now Adrian's Adrian's ready or McCaffrey's coming in to, to bring right. there was a story to tell you know even though there's probably a story to tell for this year there's no more talking like the there's just is, nothing to, to go for the that. story to tell is you are selling you'd be selling a lot of the new coaches and players that have come in and the reality is that's going to get met with a certain level of cynicism from certain fans because they would be like, oh, we've heard that before. Yeah. I mean, even like you think about it and it's a great and I have a little some some stuff on this in a little bit. Uh, Marquis Stepp announced that he is leaving Nebraska. He is transferring. It's a good it's a good reminder. That never you never want to fully assume that the next big thing coming in is always going to work. I swear, I bet we could pull up these podcasts where you and I thought Marquis Stepp, USC, I mean, come on. He looks he's going to be the guy. He looked good. And he, it didn't materialize into anything. So I, I, I just think Frost is in this place where it's like, listen, I, I can tell you I believe in the coaches I hired and the players we bought in, but because we've lost for four straight years, you guys aren't going to believe it until you see it. And I understand yeah. that. So rather even tell you, I'm not going to say anything and we're just going to have to show you in the fall. And I get that. I, I do too. And, but uh, yeah, I think that's probably right. That's probably right. Yeah. Um, next thing. Well, hold on. Do you want to, uh, I might as well just go to that. Uh, the, the whole fact that Marquis step transferred. Yeah. Cause I think it's, it's remarkable to stop for a second and think about, and we've talked about this a ton. We've talked about the running back woes a ton, but it's re- yeah. it's when another, but when, when somebody else leaves, it just, it, it makes you think about it even more. It's remarkable how bad the running back spot has been under Frost. So think about this. I just went through all of Scott Frost's recruiting classes. Running back, 2018 class, Greg Bell left. Maurice Washington left. That's the 2018 class. 2019, Diedrich Mills, Juco, solid, one great. Probably underperformed here. Probably. Yeah. Ramir Johnson, still here, s- solid. Not a superstar. Yeah. Then Ronald Tompkins left. Yep. 2020, Sevion Morrison transferred. Marvin Scott transferred. 2021, Gabe Irvin still here. Got hurt. We'll see. Marquis Step transferred. So that's nine running backs signed. Six transferred out of the program. Didn't finish their time here. Wow. Two are still here in Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin. And one one. Finished their time here. It was Dedrick Mills, and he was just okay. It's pretty amazing. That's pretty inept. It is. So so this is going to be the key, I think, is let's say we can win this year, and we, we like these coaches get a few more years. The difference in uh, attrition, like losing players, and the difference in like bus, busts and booms. Like, right. So, so, so – like hits and misses with your recruits between the old coaches and the new coaches hired. Like to see the difference, uh, if let's say we give them four, like let's say they do well and get four years, to see that sort of like compare and contrast will be interesting. It'll be interesting. I don't know if I, if I want to make predictions, but my prediction, if 
they get the time will be you'll see some some glaring differences. How much do you think and this isn't too I mean I feel like this is probably disrespectful but like how much when I think about a running backs coach that seems like the most natural position not saying that there isn't coaching involved in it, but like there, there's an element of either you got it or you don't. I guess what I'm getting at is if you're the running backs coach at Nebraska, I would say the lion's share of what you is on the front end of your talent evaluation of bringing guys in, right? Or like how much I've, I've just I've always yeah. wondered how much a running backs coach really matters. I mean, they ma- every coach matters. I mean, I think there's always details of the game of like how you hit a hole. You know what? You- I mean, those running backs do have to block. Still, they got sure they got routes they got to run. Like, there's a lot of you know details that go into it. But I always felt like that was a position where like some of the best athletes go play, and yeah, like you said, there's a natural instinct to the good ones that you just go like. Your job is to give them the ball and just don't mess it up. For them, I, I guess know? I bring I bring that up to say that like I, I th- for as much as you want to say like man there's bad coaching I also think it was just I don't all those guys I named I don't think anybody really struck me as a an an elite running back. We didn't know there's been no elite running back. So no. so I also think a part of it is on the front end of getting the right guys to come into the program. Well, yeah, I think we just we just didn't do a great job. Like in a certain positions especially, like we were just for Nebraska historically bad yes, recruiting. That's a bad, yeah. I think the recruiting part of it is I really think that like in terms of like they did a good job with culture and you know, making sure guys are working hard and going to like they they're more physical. They're physical, all those, like they're bigger, they're stronger, like, they're all yeah. The kids work hard. Like right. that's the part where like there I don't think anybody can question that. But like, man, evaluating talent. You know I just and, I just look at I listed all those guys. That's again, that's nine running backs right there and spread out in what four different classes. And I mean, who would you say was it like they actually hit on? Well, Zigbo wasn't theirs. Um Wandale played running back and left but because that, yeah. of it. Like, because honestly, he honestly, they were so inept at running back that it cost you Wandale because he didn't want to be a running back. And but I played him. But yeah. I guess I, like so four straight recruiting classes, nine running back recruits, Not and I would say I, in my Mills, opinion they haven't really like Mills. At moments looked like he could be our guy, but really like Mills was just like I don't know that I ever felt totally comfortable that Mills was like. I didn't feel the like guy. he was an enormous difference maker. No, not not really. Um, no, that position's been it's crazy. That was not. Yeah, you have been a uh, before. One of the things we talked about prior to you coming on was the fact that you have you and your wife have tried this thing in July of going completely off the internet. Yes, which you came over here you, I, in a covered wagon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I've traveled a I've traveled a long way. I got one question for you. What the heck is happening on the internet? <laughs> you have a well in your backyard. I am thirsty, my good man. I don't know why. I don't know why no internet would mean you're all of a sudden it's 1850. Well, remember in South Park, didn't they go to California? Yes. That's where there's internet. Yeah, that's so I'm going there. That's where. That's where California. you're headed right now. It's the Oregon Trail to find the internet. But you probably being off the internet, you probably missed this quote. Now I think I do get the papers still. Oh, though. look at so you! So I get, some, but the paper. No, this was this would have been an online publication that yeah, I don't I wouldn't think have, you would. Yeah. Have. Okay. So uh, yes, I think this was from Steve Sipple on an online thing. So 
This is about Applebee's. Uh, Applebee's <laughs> closed down on 27th. Oh, How could it happen shucks. to Applebee's? Oh, Gosh. But the quarterback competition, Chubba Purdy was asked about the quarterback competition, and he said, this is a quote from Chubb about it. He said, quote, I'm focused on competing with Casey, Logan, whoever. Hopefully it's a fair competition, and whoever competes and does does the best gets the job. And it, for a lot of people who heard, like, I hope it's a fair competition. Like, the, you know, listen, a lot of this could be we are, it's summer, we're starving for football, we're grasping anything yeah. that could be a story. I don't want to take, like, fair competition. There is no fairness over there! You know, you don't want to take it and go that yeah. far, but I think it's an... The more I thought about that quote, here's how I interpreted it. Yeah. I interpreted fair competition as more so instead of a message about what's happening happening internally, it was almost like a message to like everyone else. Like, y'all have anointed Casey Thompson as the starter. Oh. Everyone, I, I read I, I read stuff, I yeah. hear stuff, and I'm guilty of it. I think we've all kind of handed him the job. Yeah. And I think Chubba, I think, so I think the fair competition thing is like, hey, man, he's never started a game here. That's I've never started a game here. I like that if he if he feels that. I mean, to me, like, you want quarterbacks that want the ball in their hand. Like, yeah. To me, like, I like that if that's, if that's the case. Um, yeah, you know what, though? I, I think it's, like... All signs point to to Thompson, but man, I'll tell you what. Like, I I I think people are going to be surprised that uh, there co- still could be some QB competition and and some controversies coming with that. I I just feel like there's been, and I'm not like reporting anything or have had any conversations with anybody on the inside that would know or anything like that. Like, I just feel like there's been a little bit of chubba buzz. Yeah. Throughout the last couple months, all of a sudden, like, yeah. he looked good in the spring game. Do you want to hear a? I, I heard a little tidbit about one of the younger guys. So, do you know who's apparently got some skills? Is the kid from Texas, Torres? Richard Torres apparently has a rifle. Really? Yeah. Apparently, he's got some game. So, um, I think he's going to be obviously true freshman. Probably won't uh, be somebody that this year is going to be a factor. But, like, he's a guy. I mean, Heine, your boy Heine. Hey, hey, get your hands off my Heine. My Heine. Uh, I he's think my Heine. he Heine's got the NFL arm. But I also think Torres might have one of those. Like, I think Torres is a guy. Keep your, keep your eyes open for him next year. Because I think he's a guy that tall. Okay. He's got a cannon. Like, he's a guy that might. You know, show up. I don't even think. I probably not even this year at all. Right. Even the end of the year, but maybe a guy next year. You gotta be like, ooh, well, this guy. Okay, you. The next question I wrote down with you off this quarterback thing was like, what? We think about this quarterback competition. We think about fall camp. If if you're a coach, what it, what would you be looking for in this quarterback competition? Like, if you, what are you wanting to see? Out of out of, I want to see a winner. I want to see the the person that makes everybody better. The person that sort of like the team rallies around. Like, because to me, they have missed that 
whatever that it factor was to get from we're close to we win, whoever can has that little bit of magic, I want that person. All I want is that person to win us games. Isn't it funny? Like, I wrote down a couple of things. I wrote down three or four things, and the last thing I wrote down was raw talent. <laughs> That's probably it tells you something, right? I honestly like I, so. I if I were a coach and I'm going into this thing, like I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that guy that has that in that that intangible thing. The first thing I wrote down was command. Yeah. A guy that's got command of the team. Like the, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Like the guy that what well, I'm sure Zach Taylor like had command of the group. Yeah. And command of the team, command of the offense, and and just has that intangible thing about him. Yeah. So I just It'll be interesting to see who rises in that in that equation. Yeah, because I don't think it's set in stone. Like I said, it, all signs point to Thompson, but yes. it's not set in stone. I I think you gotta you gotta you gotta give Purdy his 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 chance. I mean, Smothers deserves a chance too. I mean, yes. Smothers did well enough that he deserves a chance. Um, he was decent for three quarters. Now, granted, yeah. it was probably a way different game plan than what would be run under Mark Whipple, and that's the hard part is not knowing exactly what Whipple's what things are going to yeah. look like. But Logan Smothers was pretty good for three quarters and had Iowa beat. Yep. And to me, I think for for Thompson, I think you you got to make him earn it. Like for I think it's important for the team that he really earns it. Like he's got to perform in camp to be the guy that like earns his teammates trust cuz he's right. new. I mean still like like you got to get to know like your teammates and you got to get to know like like or you got to you got to earn their trust especially if you're the quarterback and potential captain all these things like that stuff's got to be earned and right now it's like he had a, he had spring and this is really it's this fall camp he's got to do it. Right. And so the other thing I was thinking about along these lines was like, and I don't know if we've talked about this a ton. Maybe we have. It's hard to know when we do wine pods what exactly gets discussed because we get kind of crackotaco when that's going on. But when it's a when it's a hot seat season, like we just talked about at the beginning of Frost, knowing like he knows what it is, he's got to win. Yeah. When it's a hot seat season, I'm curious how. With that understanding, how that we've seen how it maybe manifests itself into how you operate with the media on a day to day basis. How does a coach being on the hot seat reveal itself and manifest itself in how you coach? Um, so, really, here here's how how I would think about it. If you're in a really good place, you wouldn't worry about it, right? Like I think if you don't have hot seats. Uh, you know, obviously, like it doesn't. Nothing's going to affect the way you you coach, right? Right. But I think the fact here's what I'd say. Well, maybe it's not even the hot seat. It's the way these seasons have gone will change the way Scott Frost coaches. So if you think back to Scott Frost against Colorado his first two years, um, especially that second year, remember where he like. He was throwing on like yes, like second and long, right, right. When and, was... and we're going, you know, you got the lead, yeah, right. That's comes from a coach that came from Central Florida, just winning, 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 being aggressive, right. being aggressive, like no thoughts to managing the game because every game is like it, it didn't have to think like that. 
But when you've lost as we've lost, every win becomes way more precious. Right. And every possession seems to matter more in a weird way. He will coach differently. If he's up and has a lead, he will baby that lead like his life depends on it. Right. Where he didn't have to do that because he was just playing the game that he had, you know, kind of sort of, it, it all had come to him at Central Florida. Right. And at Oregon, it all come to them. They never had to baby the leads to hold on to precious wins. So I think in a weird way, when it came too easy for him at those places, it hurt him at Nebraska. Right. Yes. So that's a long-winded way of saying, I do think it will affect him, but because of the losing, not just because you're on a hot seat, but like he's learned from a lot of losses that every chance at winning is precious. Yes, I think I think the first thing the first thing I thought about was what you said. Like every game's a Super Bowl. Yeah. So you're doing. There's nothing like you know like I'll lose. I'd rather go zero and twelve, and we're gonna do it my way. Then, like, there's no big picture, like, I got to send a message because eventually... No, there is no tomorrow it's if you don't win. get through today. Yeah. So, I think the first thing is, like, holding back, even if I'm not mistaken, like, some of... They clearly held back some of their option stuff and didn't show it in the Illinois game. No, they were saving for Oklahoma. Saving for Oklahoma. <laughs> Guess what ain't getting, getting yeah. held back against Northwestern this year? Fucking everything. It's I, it is the, everything. There's no section of the playbook that's like, well, let's make no because that's that's the thinking that coaches don't like. The, I don't want to hear coaches that say they they don't save things. They save things yes. for for big games. They save things for their rivals, and you know they save things for the Super Bowl, whatever it is, right? But like this is the moment where Northwestern is the season, right? You. At, Every so you are not holding things back. You every special play, special look, special formation, big thing like it, it is coming out. I don't care even if you're in a dogfight against North Dakota. Yeah, you you do. You, you are bringing all. everything out to win that game. You get those. You get those wins. If you got leads, you. I mean, you like you just you got you you got to do the things you got to do to win a game, and sometimes that means like. Being less aggressive because, like, yeah, because what Frost, to what you first said, I think Frost was like, "Listen, I don't care. Like, I'm gonna establish this this way of like, we are aggressive, we are trying to score yeah. all the time because that's what this program is gonna be. Even though that flew in the face of what needed to be done to win that game in that moment. Yeah, it's always gonna be about that game in that moment. The other thing, to circle it back to the quarterbacks, I wonder if a hot seat season will impact your willingness to allow a player to play through mistakes in particular at that quarterback spot. Meaning, let's say yeah. Casey Thompson starts that Northwestern game, and at halftime, you're down 17-3. to Casey Thompson has thrown two interceptions. He's struggled. He did win the job, but he has not played well in the first half. Scott Frost has obviously shown he's extremely reluctant to make a change. But I guess I just wonder if... if I, I think, Nick, his... He was so loyal to Adrian for so many years. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go onto Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. 
by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. When you combine that with the hot seat, I think, you know, you talk about learning from if these past per, four like years. If Chubba or Logan Smothers were pushing Thompson to the brink and were like right there with him in Thompson struggles, I think he'll be quick to pull. In right. a weird way, I really do. That's what I think. That, I so really do. As long, again, with the, with the prefacing everything with like assuming things are relatively close in practice. Yeah. You know? I think there's a chance that if you you will see, I don't know how what I mean. You don't want to be like you know you go three and out one possession and you're out. Like it's yeah. not going to be like that. But I don't know if if someone's having a like. Remember how bad Adrian was against Purdue yeah. at home. He threw 2019, he threw, right? Yeah. No, well, no. This past year. Oh yeah, yeah. He threw yeah. the pick six. He almost had another pick six that was dropped. He was really bad. Like yeah. that's a game. Like if the equivalent of that game happens this year, he is getting pulled. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I've, and and like even little things like uh, not announcing a starter till like game day in right. Ireland, like right. don't announce it till then, so your guys won't transfer. Right. Like I, I you got to do these things to help you win. I think they are because I I also think a part of what Frost maybe another part of the reason he's not said anything is like listen, you know what the best thing I got going one of the best things I got go, going for me is the element of the unknown and the mystery of what the hell this is gonna be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I I'd prepare everybody talking to the fans out there, get prepared to get nothing during fall camp. Oh if I, would, I were if I were Frost, I would say, guys, when you talk to the media, give them zero, mm-hmm. zero indication of of just anything that could tip our hand on a player, a a scheme or whatever. Like yeah. give them nothing. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean you gotta give them nothing. Yeah. So I, I just wonder how a hot seat situation could potentially kind of like manifest itself into like actually how you coach. Even more it, risks. I like think you, you could see I could see like we're talking about being more conservative. I could also see uh, like against the, other the better way. teams you take more risks. Why yeah, not? Right. If you if you you know like but it's weird because we also like I don't know. I think we're, we're, we've gotten to the point where we're like good. We know we're good enough to like hang in there with good teams. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just. I was here. curious with that, especially with the quarterback thing. I don't know. I just quarterback competition is gonna be fun. Okay. Last thing, and then and then we'll let you, we we talked for too long before this. Apologize, everybody. Stealing this question I was listening on the radio. It was Gary Sharp's question? It was a good question because it's very simple. I like very simple things like this. Name one guy on each side of the ball. If they're good, the brass is going to be good. Outside, let's remove the quarterback. Re- remove the quarterback. So there we remove go. Remove the quarterback. One guy each side of the ball. If you could sprinkle magic Vince Lombardi dust on them or magic Bob Devaney dust on them to make them have a good year, like you get to 
pick that person, they have a good year, and you feel like their success will lead to – there's a direct correlation to Nebraska's success. Uh, okay, I got defense. Um, offense Offense is between two people. That's fine. I'm, I wrote I'm down torn. two people for defense and for offense. I'm curious if we're on the same we're gonna be, wavelength. I, 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 don't, I don't know if we are. Okay, I, I think you're going to go with this one. So I'm going to go to the opposite. This is my guess. I'm trying to read your brain. I'm going to go offensively, Trey Palmer. That was my, the number one name I wrote down. Dang it! Okay, so then yeah, but, but then the other Anthony guy I wrote Grant. down was Grant. Yeah, so I, I thought you'd go running back, but to me it's one of those two. I wrote down Grant first, but the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you've kind of, I mean, the pass-catching situation, although I do think there's been an infusion of talent at the wide receiver spot. Yeah. It's still very Tere, Betts, Allen, all gone. You need Palmer, especially. Yeah. I think Whipple's going to want to sling the thing around a little bit too. He throws. I he mean, throws let's be real. Thing. He throws. He's going to throw that thing yeah. around. It's not going to be like Texas Tech throwing sixty times a game, but, but he throws. He, I I think he's going to want to throw it more, and you better have a dynamic dude out there. Yeah, and he he's been clearly the number one yes guy. And then it's like, can the the kid Isaiah uh, Garcia Castaneda? Yep. Yeah. So so between him, between Oliver or Martin, between Marcus Washington, the Texas transfer, and the Texas transfer, can any of those guys be like a serviceable number two to him, like an actual yep. serviceable number two? And then you got Vokalek, then you got you know whoever, whoever. But really, if you need two and a tight end, and if we can get that. Like, we got life. And see, what's hard is, I would also... But if I also ask myself a question within the question, if so, like, my biggest concern on the offense is the offensive line, so I should name an offensive lineman. But what's interesting about an offensive line is it's the ultimate, like... It's five, like yeah. it's hard to pinpoint, like, well, I'll tell you right now, if Teddy Prohaska has a great year, Nebraska have a great year, it's like, well, not necessarily. Like, if it, he has it, a great year a and we can't block on the other side of the what line. What good does that do? Yeah. So that's why I, I went away. Okay, defense, though. I would Did say you go to the obvious one. I I went obvious, and we're going to be the same. I almost guarantee it. we're going to go with Mathis. I right? did. I, yes. I, <laughs> well, but I think it's. I think you can try to outthink yourself if you want to. You can try to overdo it. But like actually, I'd say Tommy Hill needs to be yeah. <laughs> five interception minimum. You know, like you could you could try to build a case for someone else. The highest ceiling guy on this defense is O'Shawn Mathis. And what his specialty is, is vital to success. And that is rushing the quarterback, sacking the quarterback. I would Who, agree. And, did and, you, did and, you have a second name or well, do you so want to expand on Mathis that? and Nelson are kind of like, uh, obviously, they're, I, I like there are our defensive ends. Um, but maybe here's, here's another route to that question. The guy that's maybe even more important because there are Nelson and Mathis who kind of are one and two uh, right there. There's only Ty Robinson right now on the inside. So you could make an argument that because you do also have Nelson and Tanner, if like, let's say Mathis decides he's quits football tomorrow. I don't want to say injured because we'd have to knock on wood. Yes, so we'll we do it. We didn't. He will not. Um, but there's only one interior defensive lineman right now that's proven right. that right. he could be a force, and everybody else is a transfer 
or isn't ready to play or, you know, so like, man, I would argue that if that guy is maybe our most important on the defense, maybe it's game. such an easy question, or maybe you and I have morphed into one brain. Like, gosh, we, I wrote down Ty Robinson. So I wrote down Mathis and Ty, because, because of what you, I don't know what other, I don't know how it's not. To me, it's it it has to be Mathis because what we just said of just like he's he's the guy and what he brings to the table is yeah. just like directly impacts winning. Yeah. But given how how light they are and the interior on the defensive line, I don't know how it's I don't know how you don't have Ty Robinson being like right now. If I said Ty Robinson had a great year, you're like, hmm. Yeah, I think if you said like, I think if you reverse the question is like who would you, who would would it hurt the team most to lose? Uh, that's a good way to put it. That would be or or who would it hurt? Like if you said, if it was the opposite, it was you know the you guarantee like if they had a bad year. Yeah, if Ty has a bad year, or if O'Shawn Math. Like if I say you know who was a whiff was yeah. O'Shawn Mathis, then you're like, Ugh. I think for me, if our interior, if he is our interior defensive line. If he is not doing well, I think it's going to be a long year. So. I would still go probably tie now. The more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oof. It's hard yeah. Now. Yeah, because especially you have the Garrett Nelson. Not that Garrett Nelson is on the but Mathis. Tanner, we know like, Tanner and Nelson. We know them. You know them. those guys. And we I know think this, like, they're serviceable. I, and I'm, Nelson is maybe more than serviceable. Right. And that's what, like, I think Nelson's on this ascension to being like, I'm not saying he's going to go wreck shop necessarily, but like, I think Nelson's going to have a good year. I do too. I think he could have a good year. Tanner serviceable. So Mathis is like a big bonus for us. Because again, but Ty is an essential. I'm excited about what Devin Drew from Texas Tech or Stefan Wynn from Alabama. Like I'm excited about those guys. But again, I remind you of the name Marquis Step. Like and I, I know, know it's different positions, but it's it's just it's the school of thought. Like it's a you don't assume like I want a guy that's so good that like they could play for Alabama or they could play for Texas Tech. And and I guess they the guy could play for Texas Tech. He did. Right. The guy for Alabama was a backup. Didn't right. really. So, like, I just don't know. Like, does that mean he was a backup because he, like, couldn't get it? I don't know. Or is he a backup just because, like, man, everybody went to the NFL as, like, right. a first rounder, and he's more like a third rounder. <laughs> like, you know, right, like, right. That's what I hope, right? But I just don't know. So, I, I, I am more skeptical about transfer. So, like, I probably need to be skeptical about Mathis more than I am. And he Palmer feels, I agree. More I agree. Than I, I, I think because Palmer... Because you could make the case for Stefan Wynn, the reason he wasn't on the field at Bama is because he's playing behind pros. Yeah. And same thing with Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer was in a loaded wide receiver room at LSU. Yep. So maybe you just, like, they're finally going to get a chance to do their thing. And may maybe Stefan Wynn is wrecking shop. I don't know. But Mathis, I feel like Mathis feels like more of a safe. Mathis is the most proven transfer. Yeah. Way more moving, proven than Marquis Step was or. Any other, like he, he's, he led the big 12 in sacks two years ago. Like, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That's something. It's pretty good for us to get that guy. That's something that helps. How about that? There we go. You and I agreeing with things. Well, here's the thing. If you don't mind, you're going to have, can you come back over here sometime and we can. Within a week, let's do it. Within a week, we'll do nothing. Well, and you know what we need is, so I was over at the Nebraska basketball uh, training complex. I was doing a, a special little feature. It was fun to, that I got asked to be a part of it, of Bryce McGowan's and him getting drafted, and I got interviewed. It was really cool. But good good buddy Seamus McKnight, who's the Nebraska Basketball Sports Information Director, Seamus, the last thing he said to me as I was leaving the practice facility, he said, when's the next wine pot? 
Whoa. Seamus, if you want the wine pod, we're going to have to give you a wine pod. So can we find, we're going to find a, a day over the next week. Wine pod wine this pod. week. I got a bunch of other stuff. To, this was a little. This, this was, was a, a little, teaser because we spent too much time too much talking time. before the pod. I don't know who to blame. I'll blame everybody. But, okay, so wine pod coming up soon this week. Yep. All right, buddy. Love it. A Huda Media Production.